story. I twisted right. my ankle real gnarly earlier today. Did <laughs> you like, shit, man? Yeah. I got like ice on my shit and all that. Did you like wrap <laughs> it? Like, oh, fuck. It was like, I, I was at my parents' house and I like stepped off like the, like onto the lawn and I just like, I, f- I felt something. I was like, it was like a, a pop or something. I was like, oh, that doesn't sound good. Yeah. Can you stand on it? You put any weight on it? Yeah, I, c- I could walk. I walked from like the car to the apartment. It was like a block, but shit was like i was limping for sure anyways well that's a that's a good segue into starting the show i guess welcome back to another episode of pilot boys today we have the wet boys as we have named ourselves an insert clip of uh friday where he's like i don't know you like to get wet uh eric alindo i thought it was training day doesn't it training day i mean there's there's (laughs) a couple there's a couple wet scenes out there so Identify with the training sure. day. No, I'm just kidding. You say it on Friday too? Yeah, when, when Smokey smokes the joint. Yeah. He's yeah. Like, Damn, I didn't know you like to get wet. And he's like, what you mean? And then he's like, does a little like. The training day, you steal that shit from Friday? Maybe. Or is Maybe. that an actual thing? I, I never really smoked with P-Dog like that. So <laughs> Me neither. <laughs> anyway, so I have Eric Galindo and I have Gab Chabran. Today we're doing Perry Mason, the new HBO. It's like a remake, reinterpretation, re-something, reimagining. Yeah, that sounds about right. What would you guys right. call it? Well, it's like, isn't it a book originally? Is that when they tried to make it a bunch of times? <laughs> yeah, but there was right. like a famous, like a long-running TV show, right? Like a procedural or something? Raymond Burr. Raymond Burr. Yeah. Uh, and it was like a courthouse drama, I think, or the something lawyer, like right? that. But yeah, like yeah, really like famous a, theme song, right? Probably, yeah. It, it was that. definitely. Raymond the... Burr started it. Yeah, I think yeah. so. He I was, he was yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. It was in the 1950s. Only um, Raymond Burr I know is the guy who shot Alexander Hamilton. No, no, that's uh, Aaron Burr, homie. Oh, Aaron Burr. Fool, <laughs> <laughs> oh, that was that was Ben Hur. <laughs> <laughs> that was the oh, Got Milk commercial. <laughs> that was the Godmill commercial. So yeah, Classic so what did you moments. guys? We're talking about the pilot today. What did you guys think? The first episode. I thought it was cool. I thought it was like I don't know. It was a little bit like fucking. Um, I've been feeling really lazy about getting into uh, serialized shows that have like a crazy tension, you know. Yeah, for sure. I'm, so I'm a little wary of it. I was a little wary of it, but I, do, I, I definitely like seeing LA and like feeling like I was living a little vicariously. I'm sure you fucking love like all the Latino representation. <laughs> I was like, this fool's yeah. gonna like gush over this. It doesn't seem like it's a very representative show at all. Like, it's, it's like, like weird because they keep putting like the Latino representation is always like a exotic person, right? Yeah. So she's exotic. She's a foreigner with an accent. She flies a plane. She wants to go to Barbados or Veracruz or she's whatever. Also, for the audience, it's Perry Mason's like love interest in the first episode. Yeah, Perry, 
Perry Mason's love interest. Or hook up. Yeah. Like, <laughs> like he fucking nods at her from across like uh, 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 600 yards away. And like they zoom in on her face like they're standing right in front of each other. And just There's no way they yeah. can see each other fucking nodding across that field. <laughs> a runway. It's a plain runway. And she's the only like... person of color, right? No, there was another yeah. dude, a security guard. Oh, okay. that guy? No, he was a Latino guy. He was he, he speaks Spanish to him, and he's that's Those where he Latino. says like. No, there was one. There was one Latino guy who was like the security yeah. guard, and he speaks Spanish to him. Like he's reciting, he's practicing his Spanish to him, saying that like all oh, this, all this. What 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 era is this supposed to be? This is supposed yeah. to be. It was like thirties or forties. I think oh, so. Nineteen thirty-two. Thirties, okay. Yeah, I mean, uh, 1930s LA. You know, it's funny that you mentioned the uh, LA and seeing LA because I think a lot of it was like computer generated, actually. I think sure. to me, the show kind of reminded me of like, like true detective grittiness, but with like, well, I feel like it was overscored at times. Like there was these emotional beats where I feel because we were wa- we've been watching a lot of noir movies. Which um, noir, now you got to tell us which noir films you've been watching, yeah, you and been then watching we can that? judge those. <laughs> <laughs> That's it's like, like all the all the thirties, all the bogey all movies. Anyway, yeah. so what I'm saying, what I'm saying is that and like space. I feel like they use they use silence a lot to like punctuate a lot of the like big moments. And here, I felt like there was like a lot of score to kind of like help you along, mm-hmm. and it, it reminded me of like kind of cheap novella music sometimes. Mm-hmm. I don't know, like it felt. It felt strange when it was trying to be like, because it is noir, but it's like taking neo-noir elements and injecting it back in like the subject matter, you know, like taking a character that is kind of like symbolic of LA noir, but like adding like the kind of like psychological troubled shit, like the neo-noir stuff that we've seen with like Jessica Jones or like all the, all the stuff that is trying to pay homage to it. They're just kind of like injecting it back into its subject, like its original. Neo noir is like what he said, like dress Jessica Jones. It could also be like Brick, yeah, or uh, Drive. Yeah, like Drive. It could be like Drive's another one. I mean, so does it have the same elements? Because like this doesn't have a lot of the noir elements. Like it doesn't have the femme fatale. Is she not supposed to be a stand-in for that? His love interest. I don't know, not 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 really, because I mean I don't know, I don't know. It was too soon to tell, I guess. But a femme fatale would be the person that brings you the case. Mm. Like in this in this situation, the case came from, uh, you know, came to him, right? Lawyer. Came from a lawyer, yeah. Yeah, exactly. And I feel like they're trying to do more of a. I felt like it was trying to rip off or riff on or be inspired by the BBC show Holmes. Mm, like, the Sherlock Holmes one? Yeah, because those... Benedict Cumberbatch, British, Martin Freeman. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, those British shows, they do overscore a lot. I mean, yeah. I, don't, I'm not, I don't say like a bad thing, but they, they rely on the score a lot. To, and those, to, those uh, when they first came out, they were really dope. Like, I love it. Like it went on too long. Yeah. I, I disagree. I, I wish they'd bring it back, but that's they, well. It's a British thing. Well, they only do like three at a time, like every yeah, six but the, years. You know, the last thing they did ended <laughs> yeah, off. Yeah, they make too many. 
feel like the end total ended off months. really <laughs> like it didn't make sense. The sister stuff didn't make sense to me. Like oh, I, yeah. I think the consensus of the fans agree that like the last thing was just like it seemed kind of rushed and out of nowhere. Mm. Like that argument. You know what? May I bring up the consensus? Are you Perry Mason? Is that what this is about? I actually okay. have heard that like people talk about that show as like entirely terrible. I've never heard that. Yeah, that people say that like Sherlock is entirely terrible, based on like the way that food writes. Really, I don't know. They don't want a bunch of awards and shit. I don't know. Emmys and I think so. I mean, I like, I like, I liked it until. I've only heard. All right, wait. I want to get back to what you said. You're suggesting is this guy got a a Marvel series off a bad show? No, 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 no. I mean, like, I, I think it was it was pretty well received. I'm he just saying, a like, he got a fucking franchise. Yeah, I mean, yeah, I think I think that was like his launching pad for sure. I'm not saying that like people didn't love it. I think it was pretty well beloved. But I've seen I've seen like people well, come out after after the show was ended and like kind of analyzing it, and they draw a lot of parallels to like his tenure. Well, he was at, at Doctor Who. Like, he retold a lot of the same stories that he told when he was at Doctor Who. Oh, uh, that could be true. I, I've never seen Doctor Who, so I don't, I don't know. Yeah. Those, he just, he just sticks, to, he sticks to that same kind of story structure a lot. Like, the mind, I don't know. The mind, Sherlock Holmes' Mind Palace is one of the, like, best explanations of how I feel my brain works. <laughs> Which is, like... Like I can go in there and there's like little drawers and I can pull them open and check shit out. <laughs> Mine, like Mine is just like an engine backfiring the whole time. It was just like down the street. <laughs> oh, Some pop, like sweaty pop. dude trying to like pull the levers and shit. Trans Am and shit. Oh. My brain is Same. like a Trans Am fucking wolf of Long Beach Black. But yeah, I agree with you. I think that the show does borrow a lot from that kind of like British oh, kind right. of like Sherlock shit. Okay, but I want to talk about the grittiness that you so supposedly mentioned because, like, in a sense, like, it, like, feels like it's not really there. Like, it's, like, yeah. it feels very, like, sort of hackneyed. Synthetic. And, yeah, yeah. Like, it feels like the story would be interesting in itself if they didn't have to do that, you know, in that respect. But So the reason why I say the grittiness is I, maybe this will in, like give some insight to that. The guy who was originally attached to do this was Nick Pizza Lato, Pizza, Pizza Lato, Pizza Lato. Oh, yeah, yeah, did, yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. True Detective. Yeah. And it was supposed to be uh, Robert Downey Jr. as like the guy. But then it like fell apart and then these other fools took over. Like fools who... It's totally been Sherlock fucking Holmes part two right there. See, but he, I, okay, so he has I feel played like, Sherlock. He has played I Sherlock, like, and he has that vibe of just like super clever falling down his entire yeah. life. But so those, I feel like those that Sherlock kind of, movies were not well received. Those were not. They weren't, yeah. but they were fun. I didn't see that shit. I didn't want to. I don't like our DJ, but I've I've mentioned that before. We don't need to get into all that. So the reason I bring that up is because I feel like some of the kind of like. The elements, the story elements of True Detective kind of, I feel like they, there were some like skeletons to this show where like they oh, were trying yeah, to do sure. like the troubled kind of like hard boiled guy. Except I think it's interesting that he's not very threatening. He's kind of like a small dude. Like he doesn't yeah. have the same bravado as like some of these PIs. Well, let's, I mean, what about it? his performance is like, it's, he's really good. Like yeah. that's the thing. 
Like the casting in this thing is like insane. You've got John Lithgow. You've got the homegirl from Glow, who plays the wolf. No relation. Um, <laughs> and, and, um, the dude from that? Boardwalk. The the guy from Boardwalk. Yeah, I, I think, think I because think uh, that cast is very Netflixy, right? Like just picking people off Netflix shows and shit. Yeah. Tatiana Maslawi also, Orphan Black. Well, has Matthew um, Rice ever done any HBO shit? Because I know him, I know him from The Americans. Well, that's his big that's, thing. But he's been in um, yeah. he's been in some things. I forget what. Because I've never seen The Americans, but I've seen him in a bunch of shit. Dude, yeah. you should check out The Americans. Yeah, yeah, I've been wanting to, but it just feels like everybody's already spoiled it, you know. So it's just like, mm-hmm. really, I feel like it's kind of hard to spoil. Back to the synthetic, the synthetic uh, grittiness. Yeah, I feel like like the stuff that was kind of like, oh my god, this is gritty. Is uh, when they show the the child with like the sewn eyelashes or whatever, or whatever eyelids. But yeah, I agree with you. It felt very like this is a moment where like this is crazy, like something's happening. You know, like it didn't feel yeah as dark. Didn't feel natural. Do you think they were trying to make it darker or they were just trying to... Yeah, I do. I think that's what... When he says synthetic, what I'm hearing is like... trying to show LA in a certain era? Like, were they just trying to show you the past? How the past would look? That's what I was confused about. Like, hmm. I was confused as to if they were trying to be... Like, gritty to be... True, like, to be, like, true detective or if they were trying to be... Uh, what do you call it? Like of the time was a shit called period piece. Like if they were aiming yeah. for a period piece, that's where yeah. I was. Talking. So, so I was talking to Karen. If you and watch, she, she, if you watch like Downton Abbey, uh, whenever they go into the city, I've watched it. Oh yeah, a little bit. Yeah, and they go into like London. That's something yeah. they make London always look like. It's like really dark and foggy and shit, inexplicably. Yeah, it's like smoky shit, and I don't know. That's where I was like, oh, is this supposed to be? Because, like, I don't, I don't think True Detective is like that. I think True Detective no. looks bright. It's also modern. Yeah. And I don't think I, well, they do. The dark so the dudes, darkness is in the, in the, like, in the shit they the, don't really, like, focus the, on. The dudes well, who developed this worked on Boardwalk. So I feel like they borrowed some of that aesthetic there. See, yeah, I could see that. Like, I could see and, Boardwalk was a period piece, right? Yeah, for sure. Oh, yeah. And then the guy who directed it, uh, Tim Van Patten, he's like a veteran and like yeah, directing shit guy. for HBO. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Is that Dick Van Patten's son? Oh, I don't know. Is it? I think so, or something. You know, he directed one of my favorite Sopranos episodes, which is um, the the where they get they get lost in the snow. Oh, the Steve Buscemi one. Oh no, 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 yeah, yeah, yeah. The yeah, dude who slicks his hair Chris. back and yeah, Chris and Polly, they get they're chasing this this ex KGB guy. Oh yeah, snow. That that shit is an amazing show. He's, he's half really brother good. of Dick Van Patten. Oh, okay, gotcha. But yeah, so I feel yeah, like yeah, aesthetic- I, I guess you guys are right. I don't know. I thought it was. I thought they were trying to go period instead of trying to be gritty, but I don't know. So I okay. So I feel like we know we're familiar with kind of the HBO miniseries Uber. about a, yeah. a crime or like a mysterious crime. Like they're they're really they're good at making those things. 
Uh, the, the Outsider was pretty recent. Sharp Objects. Even True Detective is that, I think. To an extent. Yeah, for sure. I feel like yeah. this was trying to do that, but also pay homage to another piece of like... I also think this is kind of a little bit of like Hollywood like nostalgia a lot of the time. Like it just feels like you're just seeing an old LA. Yeah. The studio shit was really weird. Yeah. It feels like it's, it's, it's balancing between like trying to do something with the genre and also trying to pay homage. I could see that. Cause I think that's why I'm confused. Maybe that explains my confusion because Again, going back to shows like The Sopranos, like True Detective, like those shows aren't gritty in the way they're shot. They're just gritty because of the world they're set in, right? Yeah. Like the shit that goes down in there is creepy. And even the last, like the last True Detective with uh, Ali, like that shit is shot mostly in the day. Like all that stuff is happening in the day. Yeah. Right? show is like all this shit's happening at night and it's just kind of like they're trying to make LA look like New York it felt like like they were mm. trying to go for this like mm. New York London metropolis of, yeah like this this city that yeah. frankly I, I didn't feel was authentic and I didn't even notice that Angel, Angel's Flight wasn't like where it's supposed to be I yeah, yeah I noticed because there was like buildings next to it. I always, I, I have this. There was buildings before. <laughs> I have this weird thing when I watch stuff. I'm always looking at the location to see if I recognize it, like immediately. Like, I so scan. I think, I think also why I mentioned the noir stuff is aesthetically it looked noir, like it looked dark and kind of like, not necessarily like the show had like these gritty dark kind of you know tones to them but more like aesthetically it was a very dark show like it looked like they just favored dark and like warmish colors you know what i mean so do you think they're trying to create a noir aesthetic without necessarily telling a noir story yeah i think that's why i i thought like my initial instinct was to kind of it felt like it accepted and it wasn't necessarily the same subject matter it still felt like troubled P.I. figures out tough case. Like, True. You know? But the show reveals that cop, you know, spoilers, but <laughs> the, the detective is the one behind the, the kidnapping. Yeah. Police detective who, like, tries to arrest them for sneaking into the crime scene. So he's the, he's the guy behind it. And, and maybe there's there's, like, a bigger... Uh, you know, like corruption scan uh, angle or what? Yeah, maybe that's the maybe that's the noir story. Maybe it's like a serialized noir. I don't know because I'm trying to like True Detective. Oh. Detective, the second season of True Detective attempts this, right? Uh, bigger, bigger crime that's been coming. Yeah, I don't even remember what the original crime was in that, but whatever. Like, I, I feel like. Entertaining, I guess. Was it entertaining? I don't know. I didn't. I didn't hate it. Will you I, tune yeah. in again? Yeah, maybe. You know what time I was? I haven't turned. I've only seen the pilot, and I haven't gone back. Is that that dystopian one about what if? Oh, uh, uh, plot against uh, America. FDR I finished it. Third term or whatever. 
Oh yeah, fought against America. The second term. Yeah, I watched all of that too. Yeah, I watched it too. It was good. Van but like, Patton might have directed. Van Patten might have directed one of one or two of those too, if I remember correctly. I only saw the first one. I didn't. I didn't feel necessary to see. Like I didn't. I wasn't hooked. Do you think it's it's because like the mind to watch? Yeah. I was gonna ask that. Do you think it's because like you don't feel like you're, you you know you're not in the mood for that kind of shit right now? Everything I watch right now, I'm just like, this is so fucking surreal. Like, you know, like people like being in places together and stuff like that. Like that automatically just feels like sci-fi to me. You know, it um, also feels. Yeah, true. Oh, go ahead. Clean. No, I mean that's a great. It does feel everything feels fantastical. If yeah, it feels surreal that the fact that like there's kind of like this unofficial. I mean, I, I don't know. There's like a reckoning going on in Hollywood, and there's still shows coming out during this quarantine, during this pandemic, about glorifying Hollywood in some way. Like this does feel like at the end of the day, it's just like oh, a, that? No, that a remake. I don't know. It feels a little weird to me. Like it's just like glorifying like white shit in the end. I don't know. It feels strange to me. Yeah, I can see that. I mean, I was I was thinking more of like the pandemic. The pandemic really fucks with my brain, and also like just the dystopian government in charge of it fucks with me more than like a reckoning of <laughs> Hollywood. Even though, like, for the longest you time, I've been. Real- I've been, you care like, so much about those things, though. I do, I do, but it doesn't fuck with my, the way I view things because uh, that's been a constant my entire viewing life, right? Like that hasn't changed the way I view things. I, maybe it's all, maybe it's always colored the way I view things, mm-hmm. but it's not a new sensation, mm. right? It's like finding out Woodrow Wilson was a racist. Like, yeah, of course. It was. <laughs> You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, that doesn't mean, like, he, you know, he, we won World War One. The world was, mm-hmm. I don't know, maybe it was a better place because, I don't know, that's World War Two, so who the fuck knows, but, like, it doesn't, it doesn't, like, the history, the past history, to me, is something we can't change, but the present reality is reflecting me more than, like, thinking about mm. the past, right? Yeah. Now the other, I did think about like, like when they talk about when they talk shit about the LAPD. Like I think about, oh, why aren't they glad they have that line in there? Yeah. Yeah. You know, because obviously this was produced and wrapped before the current changing view on policing in LA. Those lines do pop into my mind, and I didn't. I didn't really think about this as being. Like uh, glory days of Hollywood, it felt more like an indictment on Hollywood so far, because mm. it's got like the taking the photo of that guy to cheat him out of his contract, um, chubby checker in the in the show. Yeah, he's, he's supposed to be like a fatty Arbuckle. Yeah, all that shit felt real like L.A. Confidential in that yeah. in that respect, you know. But it's still a remake. Like, I don't know. I don't watch like, the original. Like, Perry Mason is a character from the books. It's like. Saying, uh, you know, anybody that does Shakespeare is remaking someone else's Shakespeare. Well, yeah. I saw interviews where this fool was talking about how, like, that was 
what he was most interested in and like seeing how they would take this character that he had known so long as like growing up with and then see what they do with it like yeah i think you're right there is kind of this like different takes thing like with sherlock but it does feel like there's still i never seen Perry mason so it's hard for me to understand that point of view Mm. what was the one with the homie from uh andy griffith matlock matlock i watched like i watched matlock yeah i mean is matlock like a trial lawyer also yeah he was like a trial lawyer yeah so yeah there's probably some similarities there is Perry Mason like the Law and Order show? Yeah, it's very mm. procedural. Like yeah. it's supposed to have like broke ground for the time. I saw this fucking like propaganda, not propaganda, but like an ad for it that CBS put out. Like as a like they were mastering the entire show. They were like claiming that like it changed the way certain narratives were presented on TV. Perry Mason did. Yeah. So like, for like for its time, for its time, I guess. Yeah, it's like a procedural. So you think you think it was like the first procedural? I don't know if it Maybe. was the first, but I know it when, was when like did it run? Fifty-seven. It ran for nine seasons. I guess I thought it was longer ago. I thought it was like. <laughs> then I think it was like one of those things that they like he they brought him back to do like TV movies and stuff like that for a while too. Mm. Like people really love this show and stuff like that in the eighties and uh, okay. yeah, that makes sense. Yeah, yeah. and I, I guess that's a good argument. And I think it was a reboot, I guess, in that case, because it's hard. Yeah. To so would you say the very fact that it's a reboot it makes it like bowing down to old Hollywood? Well, no, like whether or not it's critiquing, like being uh, critical of you know L.A. or an indictment of it. I still think the fact that it's in it's a remake it still kind of feels like showing in la that we used to know but like so i think that there's two ways to show kind of the pastiche thing i feel mm-hmm. i feel like there's stuff that really like glorifies that period and there's stuff that kind of is an indictment of it i think that it it the movie it is kind of like something that's against the 80s versus like something like stranger things kind of like glorifies the 80s but it still feels like pastiche like it's still paying an homage to something that mm-hmm. it comes from kind of thing yeah yeah um, I, guess so. I don't know i don't know i don't i don't think about it like that necessarily i think about it more as like like every show that's set in la not every show but a lot of white shows set in la they feel compelled to include something about hollywood right yeah hmm. well that's that's my whole thing too because it doesn't feel like it's it doesn't feel like la at all you know, um, you mentioned that earlier too, as well, with the fact that they're trying to make it seem like New York or some shit like that. It feels like yeah, there's a, it feels sort of soulless in that in that sense. You know, I mean, you know, there's like idyllic parts of like him on the farm and stuff like that, but that doesn't that could be like where's that anything. supposed to be though? I don't even know. Exactly. Is that supposed to be like San Fernando Valley or where the fuck is he? You know, I don't know. Maybe in the 30s, you know, it only took you 10 minutes to drive to a field in L.A. In Downey? (laughs) Yeah, because it's a dairy farm, right? Because there's a cow. Well, Linwood was a dairy farm. Yeah. Yeah, like, is that where he is? Like, maybe, you know, that's what I think. I'm thinking, like, maybe. I felt like the first episode was attempting to set up way too much. Like, Mm. the little fucking fire truck. Yeah. Even the mail. Yeah. It was returned to sender, and then the little kid, it's like he's, 
he's solving this mystery of this dead baby, but then he, he's also having this disconnection with his own son. Like it's like yeah. this parallelogram, you know. And, and then he's got the relationship <laughs> with the woman too, as well. You yeah, know? the relationship with the woman, and that's and then he's also got like the lawyer who's helping him. And it still of, has to introduce the Tatiana Maslawi character too. Yeah. Like it's like how old is this motherfucker? <laughs> like he's got to be like fifty, right? Seems like. Like they make him seem like he's like a twenty-year-old fuck up, you know. Yeah. yeah, just inheriting dad's farm and not knowing what to do with like he's he looks old as fuck. Like I don't know, <laughs> like I don't know how this guy's supposed to be. If the show's gonna eventually make him a lawyer, I don't know. I don't understand how they're gonna get do you, there. Do you guys see any parallels to like inherent vice? I guess. Yeah. Inherent. Like Wait, minus how, the comedy, obviously. How does everybody feel about inherent vice here? I love inherent vice. I feel yeah. like I didn't fully understand it when I watched it. I feel like I gotta rewatch it. But yeah. I love PTA. Yeah. I love that movie. Yeah. I just I feel like I didn't lot. yeah, I wasn't prepared for it to be such a like strange movie. Yeah. I fucking loved it. It tripped me the fuck out. I really loved it. And I thought that was a great LA okay, movie. So your question Well, I think what, what, well, I don't know if you can do it in the nineteen thirties, but you know, the uh, the best, the, the movie, the shows, movies, whatever that do LA best, really capture the sprawl, right? Yeah, exactly. The exactly. diversity, the, the, the hugeness of it. And I thought Henry yeah. did that really well. Yeah, Chinatown yeah. does that well. Like, there's, there's things that do that well. Heat is, a, is, is one of the yeah. best examples, I feel. Like, yeah. maybe some of... Heat put places of LA that have never been on screen. He put on, like... Wilmington and shit like yep. that, you know, like they go from yeah. Long Beach to fucking Boyle Heights to yeah. Santa Monica to yeah. And I, I don't, I don't think, I don't know if you can do that in the thirties because I don't know what right what parts of LA have. Well, Long Beach and Santa Monica were definitely there in the thirties, you know. Yeah. Right. So, so I think that maybe that that's kind of the reason that we have like an issue with it, like is that it it doesn't seem like an LA that we recognize. And maybe right. that's part of like it, it has changed completely. Because when we were watching those movies that I mentioned, those very <laughs> those noir movies, there was a lot of LA that like this was the LA like the streets that I know, but it just looked way different. And I don't know if this was like they were purposely trying to make it seem like a an unidentifiable LA. Yeah, that's what I was wondering too. That's where the confusion comes for me. Whether it's like if they're trying to obfuscate. LA that we know or are they trying to make this like this really gritty noir aesthetic yeah or are they using the gritty noir aesthetic to you know subvert the reality them not not knowing the lack of reality yeah I think that's what they're doing for sure definitely because it feels a lot of people don't give a fuck right like no one like not people not people from are, LA. Yeah, not people, people not from LA don't care. White yeah. people aren't probably gonna give a fuck. Yeah, you know, they're just gonna be like, "Oh, there we are again, winning everything." Like, <laughs> you know. All right, I, I guess I'll close up. But the last thing I want to say is, Karen mentioned this, and I thought it was a good point. She said that like it feels like an unoriginal kind of like thing to do with the genre because it, it feels like a kind of a late entry into like what's going on. And it's not doing anything special, but it's it's well made. I think like 
It's it's yeah. easy to watch. It's easy to follow. The story's interesting, the, but like the casting's it's not... really good. The casting's like it's like they obviously spent all their money on the casting. Yeah, it's um, not particularly yeah. like special. Did you guys watch like, the Queen on the, the Crown on Netflix? A uh, little bit. I haven't seen it. No. Okay. What about it? No, I just have the same kind of like reaction to the Crown, where it's like there's good acting. Yeah. It looks nice. It's entertaining. But I'm just like, why am I watching this shit? You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like, yeah. Like, it's like somebody took a page out of a book and made it into an episode. And yeah. it doesn't drive any sort of emotion. That's what I felt. Like, I, I, I think I might watch this series just because it's set in LA. And, Same. You know, it's interesting. I mean, it's, what else the fuck are we doing? Like I'm watching yeah. Red Oaks. <laughs> I watched Red Oaks this weekend, <laughs> but uh, I mean, I think that the problem is like I'm not at all emotionally invested in anything that's going on. Yeah. Also, the dead the dead baby thing happens like in every. I'm like I was this this is what I was thinking after I watched it. I was like, why is everything the Lindbergh baby? You know, like mm. yeah. Like, people are like, what's explain what the Lindbergh baby is. The Lindbergh baby was a botched kidnapping of this, you know, this this baby who was Charles Lindbergh's kid. Charles Lindbergh, the famous aviator. He was like a very famous family. And they, these guys. And they, he was a fascist also. Yeah, yeah, he's a fascist, yeah. as we've discovered from the HBO series. No, uh, he was a fascist before. <laughs> no, I mean, yeah, yeah. But if you he was know, definitely you like a, a Nazi sympathizer and an isolationist, for sure. But what I'm saying is, there was a baby, and these guys tried to kidnap the baby, and what happened was they killed the baby on accident during the kidnapping. Mm. It was this huge, it was like the case of the century. You know, they, they wind up paying this ransom, and they, you know, they find out the baby's been dead, was, was dead, was killed in the robbery, and all this shit. And I feel like Americans, or like the mainstream America, see this as like the worst thing that could ever happen is they killed this white baby. When, like, there are fucking literal children in cages, there are much more horrible things happening to black, brown, Asian, indigenous communities. Mm-hmm. I mean, I'm not saying the death of a baby is not horrendous and hor- horrific and all that shit, but this obsession with, like, a botched kidnapping or, like, pedophilia, it's always, like, the underlying, like, the horrific. Evil. Yeah, and I'm just, like... There's so much evil happening all day, every fucking day. And it's never just as easy as like, oh, well, these fools killed a baby. Like, fuck them, you know? Like, it's never, it's never, like, they just want this, like, clean-cut evil. And really, like, the evil is much more complicated. And, like, hiding in plain sight all the time. And so I I do not... That's why I do not. Uh, that's why I was thinking like, why do I want to watch another Charles Lindbergh fucking kidnapping? You know, why do I want to watch another like True Detective? This young girl disappeared, and I gotta find her for fucking ever. Like, I get it, you know, but like, there's a fucking soldier, a Latina soldier, disappeared from fucking Fort Hood, like right now, and that's not even like the biggest, craziest, horrific tragedy that's happened in like the past couple of weeks, you know. Like, real life is so much more gritty and complicated on its own that I don't understand. 
why they obsess with the past and with these moments and try to replay them over and over and over again. That's what I was thinking. And that's what pisses me off. It doesn't piss me off that they're like just reckoning with Hollywood or that they're, you know, trying really hard to be something more. It's just like, tell me a fucking story, like a real story. Like not like some baby and then they're going to find, you're going to find out that it's like connected to this crazy, like powerful <laughs> oligarch who controls all of LA. And it's like, no, bro, like the bad guys are right there fucking voting for Trump. Fucking like um, using the N-word in casual conversation, like rooting for the police to kill people who loot. Like that shit is like right there. Not wanting to wear I mean, a mask. Like, in a grocery store. Not wanting to wear a mask <laughs> in the grocery store. Like the banality of evil is like on display all day long. And that's what fucking bores the living shit out of me. When you show me a guy who's like oh he's super rich and he's on a farm and he's hiring a PI and a lawyer to go investigate this crime he's obviously somehow connected to. Like get the fuck out of here. Like I've seen that shit a million fucking time game yeah. on HBO on hbo like like a couple months ago yeah like every hbo series (laughs) is the same shit like it's like they they put it out to remind you that like the thing to protect most is a virginal white baby exactly (laughs) yep and if somebody kills a baby they deserve to die yeah and they die i mean yeah i i I don't even think i can first episode i don't even think i can add anything to that i think that was well put Definitely, very well put. And with that, I think yeah, we'll... I mean, I'll probably watch it though. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, I'm gonna still probably keep watching. <laughs> yeah, too. All that, all that, just to say, like, yeah, yeah, I'll fucking watch it, whatever. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, probably, I don't know. I don't know. I honestly don't know. How? What would you guys rate the first episode? And like, did you guys watch the second? Already? No, not yet. Not yet. No. What would you guys rate the first episode? Five three. Yeah, I was gonna say two and a half. Yeah. Like it looks, it looks nice at times, but like, it's just kind of average. Yeah. My, my, but, my favorite character so far is the assistant. I love that guy and everything he's in. So yeah, he's been he's, in some good things. He's, what uh, what movies has he been in? He was the detective in Joker. He was also okay. in Vice. He was in Shit. Take Shelter also, which I love that mm. film. But anyways, I I thought I agree with you guys. I think it's just kind of like it's fine. It's nothing yeah, great. Fine. But like Matthew Rice is great, isn't it? Yeah, there's some good moments. Also, um, I'm, tired of, I'm tired of seeing like white guys who are really drunk, you know, fighting with their wives on the phone. and then Maybe that's maybe real. I don't know. Maybe that's a realistic thing. Maybe that's what we do. Maybe we get drunk and we throw shit. I don't know. Nah. It's the same formula, dude. I mean, it's they did it with yeah, sharp it's like, objects. It's almost like the same thing. It's just a woman. Yeah. It's but it's like the same thing. Like there's a kid who gets chopped up or some shit, and like she's troubled and she drinks a lot. It's the same fucking story. Just current day. It's not a period piece. Yeah, but, but there's uh, a, a lot of like southern pastiche. That modern southern pastiche you were talking yeah. about earlier. I you thought know, I think Sharp Objects was more entertaining. Personally. Reserve. I was a little bored by it. I don't think I finished it. It was just kind of like it felt like it kind of dragged on too as well. Mm. There was also like that it. black that Black Dahlia show that is similar, right? Yeah, the one you yeah. watched, the Chris Pine one. 
Yeah, yeah. I just like Chris Pine's performance in that. The show is kind of whatever, you know, but... What what, what was that on? TNT or TBS, Um, something like that. That one was more inherent vices, right? Because it had comedy elements. There were definitely moments of that, yeah, for sure. And he's kind of a fuck-up, too, as well. He really, like, leaned hard into the fuck-upness, you know? Which, that's how I kind of prefer my detective roles, to be honest with you, you know? I like... Also, you love this first episode, though. I mean, I like the portrayal of it, you know? But it, but it has to work with, like, you know, the, the other elements of the show, obviously, mm. you know? Mm-hmm. And it doesn't necessarily feel like it's kind of coherent in that sense, you know? Mm. I mean, because Inherent Vice, you know, like, he's like, fuck up, but it's like the whole world is kind of wacky, so it kind of, like, plays mm. itself into it, too, as well. And I think a big inspiration of that also is another sort of modern adaptation of noir, like with uh, The Long Goodbye, the Elliot Gould uh, Altman one. Uh, yeah, that we've talked about before too, as well. Mm-hmm. I also like, speaking of the dude, you know, like his Kiss Bang Bang, I like that one. I like I Shane Black. I like that movie and The Nice Guys. I thought, yeah, Nice Guys was all right. I thought it was good, but. I like Nice Guys too. That's is the Shane same Black dude. Kiss Kiss Bang Bang? Yeah, I know. Yeah. And Iron I haven't Man. seen Kiss, Kiss Bang Bang. Iron Man 3. I haven't 3. seen that one. That's Robert Downey Jr., right? Kiss Kiss Bang Bang. But yeah. I, guess, I guess going back, but the, the, wacky, the wackiness, it doesn't necessarily mix well with sort of the dead baby stuff, you know? Like, I don't know, you know, just going yeah, back. You wouldn't be able to just throw that in there. It doesn't really know where it's going. What you know? was your favorite scene of the whole thing? I, I guess I, the, where he talks to the guy in the morgue, but it was the, just because, like... The, the stuff with... The stuff with Litgow was pretty interesting. Yeah. Just because so it I was like, like seeing the two of them interact, you know? But again, that's mm-hmm. like so like, it's such a performance thing, you know? This was all carried off of uh, Matthew Rice's performance. When he sees the kid and he like takes the stitch, I feel like the the show adapted to his kind of like culture shock where like he's in that party and like the music yeah. just starts to come in and he's like, what the fuck am I doing here? Like, yeah. I thought that was cool. Yeah. That was cool. Yeah. See? Good. But, yeah, I couldn't remember anything great. That was a great scene. That was a yeah, great, yeah. like, transition. Yeah. No, it was. It was. For sure. But, For sure. but yeah, I mean, I think we're pretty, like... How do you not get that scene with that woman and go, like, have fun is what I don't understand. I don't know this guy. I don't know who that guy is. Yeah. That's my biggest... This is my biggest problem. My biggest problem is the guy who's that fucked up gets on that plane with that woman. A guy yeah. who's codependent... And in that codependent relationship, and this kind of a fuck up. Like I know those guys, but they, <laughs> they absolutely get on the plane with the woman. Right, right. right. I definitely think um, dude from Inherent Vice gets on that plane with that girl. Oh yeah, yeah for no sure. No question. Sure. Doc, Doc Spotello. Doc, Doc Spotello. Sam Spade gets on that plane. Yeah. Like whatever fucking Jack Nicholson's name was. Jake, well, maybe those, Jake those are the synthetic parts where like he's maybe, not actually yeah. fucked up like a Bukowski type or like a fucking uh the Gonzo dude Bukowski would, gets on the plane with the girl that's so what I'm saying like yeah that's the part that drives me nuts I'm just yeah. like what so now so now he's like you know is he still in love with his ex-wife like I don't know what's happening in that moment yeah he just that's wants to see point. his kid because he got 
He got burned by the cigarette. Like, there's so much terrible shit that happens in this. Yeah, just an onslaught of fucking past-ish terribleness. Yeah. This guy's like, you know, conveniently emo in that moment. Mm, for sure. Like, I'm just That's a good point. Like, like he's, it seemed uncharacteristic to me. Conveniently like, emo, that was my uh, old screen name back in the day. <laughs> my name was that shit. That's your curl one for why you lying. I saw Jessica Salgado uh, tweeted something that said something like, "Cancers be like, I'm gonna show you my my spot, and they take you somewhere, and it's like this is where I come to cry." <laughs> Shall take that out. We we don't want any of that uh, astrology propaganda in my show. Oh, it's not. It's it's, it's a <laughs> Jessica Salgado witticism. Wow. All right, guys. Thanks for right. coming on. I'd like to pitch if you um, if you listen to the show. I I, I, I hope you uh, listen to my recent appearance on Pilot Boys, where we talk about um, Perry Mason. Mm-hmm. Apparently, not Matlock, who I thought he was this entire time up until <laughs> this moment. Yeah, that's a good yeah, plug for the show. After the show yeah. ends. Well, if you listen to, to the show, to just go back and listen to the show. Yeah. <laughs> Anyways, all right. Thanks, guys. Thanks for coming out. I'm going to end the the recording. All right. See you later. All right. Peace. (laughs)